Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby and this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We were joined by uh, comedian Marcus Brigstock uh, who talked us through some of the mad winter sports he's indulged in and uh, other matters besides. Um, We also spoke to Chris Nash of uh, Knots as cricket returns, of course, officially on August the 1st. He was on good form. Uh, We had some clips for you from 2005. Striker continued, the Steve Bruce murder mystery, and we covered some ground based on the uh, recent football and more. So here it all is. Good afternoon, Andy. How are you? Good afternoon. I am fine, Paul. Thanks very much. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon to you. And, uh, yeah, I had a nice weekend. I watched a lot of football on the weekend. I think I watched a game... I didn't watch all of it, but I watched a game every night. Brentford were terrific on Friday night against West Brom, so a bit of skin in the game there. I thought yeah, Chelsea cool. City was the Chelsea City was the best game I'd seen in lockdown so far. Oh yeah, but you know, uh, post lockdown rather, I thought it was a tremendous game. On the other hand, Leicester versus Chelsea was one of the worst. It was a really <laughs> terrible game, um, and uh, yeah, it's, it, Leicester. I think Leicester have got a few problems there. You know, they're just not playing the way they were playing at the start of the season, and with three teams. Teams closing in behind them, they might miss out. You know, it's not impossible now. I mean, Chelsea are two points behind him. Wolves, three. Manchester United probably will be three after tonight. So it, they're definitely closing in. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I have been thinking, though, I just wonder whether City, in the end, that fifth place will be up for grabs. Because I've got a f- horrible feeling that they might just get a massive fine and a, and a final warning. I'm not convinced. They, everybody seems to be think that they, they won't get the two years. It'll be reduced to one. But I've got a funny feeling. I've just got a feeling that they might get a final warning. We'll see what happens. But that will change everything. Obviously, we'll find that out before the start of the season. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, though, I'm not too sure why they disinfect the goal and the goalpost and the goal and the corner flags at the drinks break i can't quite work out why everybody on the pitch has been tested they're all together no one else has touched the corner flag or the post i can't see what you know i know they need to be very very cautious but i just thought to myself, why are you doing this i can't quite work out i mean somebody well, look, tell me why they are from but... corners i would guess their players up against the posts they're sweating they're breathing heavy 
they shouldn't be split in, but yeah, they but might they're be. They're doing a, that against each other when they're standing they're in the penalty area. Oh, no, they? but look, I agree. It's fairly belt and braces, but they would probably argue better be belt and braces uh, oh, than yeah, not no, at no, all. Absolutely. No question about it. And uh, it did seem a bit odd again playing those that playoff final at Wembley. What's the point? I mean, there's yeah. no crowd there. It's absolutely pointless. You can play it in a training ground. I can't see why they're playing that particular game at Wembley. I know they need a neutral venue, but it just seems it was cavernous. It looked really strange. We ought to congratulate Liverpool. We haven't been on since they won the title. Yeah, it feels and, like uh, a lifetime ago, doesn't it? It feels like it so does, much has yeah. happened since last Thursday night. I, I just wish there'd been more on it uh, on radio and TV about them. You know, I just <laughs> feel I haven't seen enough about the team. I mean, tremendous team, though. Brilliantly run club, wonderfully managed team, a mm. great set of players. You can't say anything. I always say that to you. If the, the table doesn't lie, they've absolutely walked the championship this year and they and they deserve everything they get but can I just say though on a personal level yeah. uh, I don't really want a personalised champions ring a victory pin collection a clock Jürgen clock a commercial a is it called the Jürgen clock that would be <laughs> should, great should wouldn't it? it if you had a kind of cuckoo clock <laughs> which in the region oh, maybe yeah. that would work but a little cuckoo where Jürgen pops out and he just yeah. big smile, yeah. big big toothy, big Somebody's toothy smile. Where he pops out. What's writing that down? On the hour, yeah, the Jurgen <laughs> clock. That would be fantastic. Jurgen clock. It? I'd buy the one commemorative. I don't want that. I don't want the commemorative plate. I don't want a Steef teddy bear in Liverpool kit. I don't yeah. want any of it. But there you go. I do understand Is it. it. I have Steve Highway or Steve like... Nickel. Is that, what do they call the exactly. teddy bear? <laughs> they all do. Yeah. Definitely. The thing Steve is, Andy, I think I, I think it's, and I think use this phrase. You're not the target audience for the <laughs> Liverpool know, clock, Teddy, or watch, <laughs> are you? Let's be honest. There was uh, watching the Chelsea City game, though. It, I get the narrative. I get it meant that Liverpool were going to win the title, but there were points where, from Chelsea fans' point of view, it was so irritating. Like Chelsea scored, and instead of showing the Chelsea wall of fans celebrating, yeah. they showed the Liverpool fans. You're thinking, hello. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is our team. You do notice that. Even it got a bit of press that in the weekend. So that and there's got a fair lost. bit riding on it from your team's point of view as well. Of course, for top four yeah. And so yeah, I, it was I, very, I'm with very you on strange. That. You know, it was a strange bit of coverage. But there you go. I was surprised on on uh, Sunday when Chelsea scored against Leicester. They didn't show the Liverpool fans again. <laughs> I was expecting. Well, it. It's always good to get their might. take on it. Although they're probably they're not that interested at the moment. They're, their race is run, isn't it? Really. <laughs> and uh, I was pleased for Ben Me last night. Me, I like yeah. Ben Me Me. Uh, after, you know, he spoke so well last week, so it was great for him to get that winner. It wasn't a, the best game, was it? wasn't a great looking game. At no. Zaha, looking at Zaha last night, I was thinking, you're so good, but where do you go? Who's going to buy you for 70 million, 50 to 70 million? Maybe the price will drop a little bit because yeah. another year of the contract and the situation with the virus and all that situation. But still, you know, and I'm thinking about it, he's either going to have to stay there like Matt Letizia, which is not the worst thing, and be a, that sort of not one club because he's been away, but a sort of, in effect, one club man. Or it could be something like Newcastle. If that deal goes through, they'll be looking for a big statement signing. Yeah, I but just I've said got a feeling the other the clubs statement won't. signings, Andy, they want to make. I mean, they've got St. Maximan there. They've got someone who kind of comes in from the left and he's tricky and unpredictable. No, I agree. They've got, got the other, him bo- they've got the other not, boy as well. It's not what Newcastle need. Is it? They're going to go out and spend money. They, they probably don't need wealth, do they? It was a classic no. example last night, though, of... Had that been, if there'd been a crowd there, they would have got a lift from them, you know, from the homes. Oh, you yeah. could tell. It was a bit like that going back to Dortmund Bayern in, in lockdown. And when 
Bayern went in front, Dortmund didn't have that sort of 12th man to get them going. And you just felt that last night with Palace. I mean, a couple of half chances, but you never fancied them to score. There's been a lot of games since hmm. the restart where one team scores first and it feels 1-0, doesn't it? It's quite a lot of games that feel like, that's it, there's not going to be another goal in this match, for yeah. whatever reason. Maybe because the crowd isn't there to get, get the home team going. It is, uh, yeah, it's true. It's interesting. 12 points better off, commentator said last night, uh, bet John Champion, better off than they were this time last year. Yeah. And honestly, you look at Burnley, you think, you, you really, you, you need to sort out Dyche. If you've got a problem with him at the moment, I try and sort it out because he's yeah. very key to the way that team plays and what they've done. Just a word on that. I mean, I know they get a lot of plaudits, and deservedly so. It's, uh, there is something about that combo, John Champion and Ali. Without them forcing it, I never feel like they're, they've, you know, they're buying into the fact that a lot of people have said, oh, they're a great combo. They just are. It's a very entertaining listen when they're on together. Ali is, always is a great co-commentator. Yeah, yeah, it's always a good listen. They, you know, they, it just it works as a partnership so well, and it, it does it, it enhance the pretty terrible game, really, all round. So, <laughs> I agree with you. Well done to them. It's, good to have Ali back true. in the building as well, wasn't it, today? He was, uh, he was on air with Laura this morning, so... I wouldn't know I'm at home. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Well, so am I. But uh, someone's got to do it. But good to have him back in the Some, building. Someone's got to do it because to. at least someone's got to get in the building. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Cricket returns on August the 1st. It's been a long time coming. And I'm sure delighted by the news. A man we caught up with a couple of months back when we were in the, uh, the height of lockdown. It is not very own Chris Nash. Good afternoon, Chris. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Yes, we're good. So, uh, is it a relief all round to to at least have a date, even though nobody quite knows what the format's going to be? Yeah, it's good to be back here. I mean, first of all, just remember, guys over 35 can still have good pace. You know that. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> you're talking about older players, but we're still quick. Um, but yeah, we're, we're actually back in tomorrow to have training, so it's, um, it's nice to have a bit of a focus, um, kind of get off the couch and have a bit of a purpose every day. So yeah, we're, we're all buzzing to get back in. Do we know what form it's going to take? Is it are we, are we talking one day cricket here or four day cricket or all of it? I think I think we're all, we're all kind of unsure at the moment. I think there's going to be um, discussions going ahead over the next kind of uh, week and a half. But I, I imagine the T20 um, blast will take take kind of priority over everything, and then I think we're obviously guided by government policy, hotels, restaurants, things like that, which will enable us to potentially play four day cricket. But I think yeah, we're, we're just going in to get back in for a week and then. Um, once they give us a schedule, we can kind of plan a bit more accordingly. Have you been training at all um, uh, as a, as a team, Chris? No, we haven't. No, I, we were we were um, put on the furlough scheme, so we were um, kind of sent away, um, and we weren't allowed to do any cricket. So it's uh, it's been one of those things. I think as professional cricketers, we still weren't allowed to do anything to do with our jobs. So um, I think yeah, we'll be going back in. We, we've obviously been keeping fit on our own steam. Um, but yeah, to, to go back in, I think it's, it's going to be some interesting, interesting form we're going to be in. Test cricket starts next week, Chris, and it's going to be interesting, isn't it, to see which players, I mean, we've seen in all these documentaries like the Test and various other things, how much pressure there is playing Test cricket. And you wonder whether some players might do better in an empty stadium than others, and others, like Stuart Broad has been talking about, find it hard to get himself going. Yeah, I think I definitely think that's going to be something you'll see. You've got guys like Stokesy, Broadie, who thrive on those on those big situations, and I'm sure we've seen it in football, haven't we? Where 
um, crowds can get on, on a team's back or they can really drive them forward. So, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know whether they'll play crowd noise um, on the TV, but it'll be interesting to see, uh, yeah, just to see how certain people perform. And I imagine for some people, maybe players first going into the team, it might be quite a relaxed environment for them to walk into. It was interesting, I think you made the point on social media yesterday, the minute they announced cricket's returning was probably a terrible day's weather, wasn't it? It's going to be raining everywhere, so uh, let's hope that's not the case. The, the whole thing come back and it's rained off. It, it does seem to be the case. I mean, as soon as the, the kind of, they, they said we're coming back in, I, I obviously checked the forecast again, and then you see the rain starts, and we've had three months of belting weather. So, yeah, as, as a batsman, you obviously pray for the sun, so uh, it looks like it's going to backfire on us. We've, we've had a lot of mixed messages over the past uh, couple of months, haven't we? And uh, the, 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 well, we have. And uh, the confusion over recreational cricket is is puzzling. And Michael Atherton wrote a piece yesterday, so he just can't see why it can't come back. And I know people who run cricket, recreational cricket clubs, they feel the same thing. Really, I I can't see the reason why it can't come back with a certain set of you know distancing rules. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think you look at other sports, you know, you've got supermarkets, you've got all sorts of stuff happening, which is allowing people to be in, in certain environments. And then you look at a cricket pitch and you think, well, there's plenty of room for, you know, was it 13, 14 players to be out there um, staying apart from each other. So, I, I mean, look, we, we just got given a load of guidelines for the next few weeks in terms of protocols about being in the ground and stuff like that. And I think once you draw you know those kind of standards and procedures up it becomes quite simple um and it's you know it's probably a, a generally a safer place to be than your local supermarket and stuff like that so yeah, i'm with you I, I think they need to get 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 people back out there playing because people miss it and, and cricket needs people playing and one bloke wrote a funny letter to the times yesterday he said uh, i've often not touched for the ball for hours on end while at deep square leg it's true really <laughs> when you play league cricket oh you can go hours without touching it you know you hardly touch it so it will be interesting and, and apparently sports like basketball will be allowed and you touch the ball much more than you do in cricket it's a it's a strange one well no, you know i, I play, I play four-day cricket where generally I, I can go days without touching the ball and if i do it's generally with my feet or i'm diving over it so it's um it's it's, it's what i like to say it's one of those things it just seems a bit inconsistent i think there's so many people want to play cricket and i just think there's there's ways we can get round just to get people out there you look at the cricket pitches i go down my local club every now and then and there's no one out there and it's just sad to see so um i think you know I, i'm glad that people are starting to campaign for it it seems that once you do campaign for it, there's a bit of movement on it. So, yeah, we'll keep our fingers crossed for that. It's all very well getting physically fit, Chris, but, I mean, as a batsman, it's all about sort of getting your eye in and getting playing again <laughs> and getting in the nets. I mean, I'm sure it's like riding a bike. You don't forget it completely, but it's going to be a bit of ring rust. There's bound to be, isn't there? I think there will be. We're lucky. We've got a month, so I think we start tomorrow morning. We've got three days to get rid of that rust, you know, and just kind of get used to playing cricket again. I think maybe for older players it's a bit easier. Um We've obviously been been around the game a bit, so we we know what we have to do. But um, yeah, I, I think the first first week or so could be interesting. We're going to be very stiff in the mornings. Um, but yeah, I, I think once you get in, give it give it ten days, and, and guys will be fit. They'll be ready to go, um, and they'll they'll feel like they can play cricket straight away. 
Paul raises a good issue there, Chris. Uh, it'd be interesting to see in the test matches who comes back quicker. Will it be bowlers or will it be batsmen? You know, because, of course, with batting, you've got no margin of error, have you, unless somebody drops you. But whereas in yeah. bowling, yeah, you might go for four, but you've got a chance to adjust. So it'll be interesting to see whether those... I have a feeling that test matches might be quite low scoring, but I don't know what you think. <laughs> I, think I think some of the bowlers will come back, obviously, so fit and well-rested. I mean... You look at you know these England guys. They're they're on the road all winter. They're in you know South Africa for for months on end, and they probably came back and, and having that rest. They, they probably got themselves in great great shape physically, um, and they're they're probably you know, a few weeks of really hard training. So I can imagine the bowlers will be flying. And I, yeah, I think for batters, you, you do need to play games. As a, you know, pre-season, you normally have three or four games to get your eye and get used to playing again. Um, and like you say, all it takes is one or two mistakes and. You know, you normally make them in the pre-season games. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how guys come in. And um, I think we've seen it in football with injuries and things like that and teams coming back in different different places. So, mm. um, but I think that a lot of the bowlers will be obviously so fresh and so fit from this break. It would be, be great to see some of them flying in. I wonder if there'll be any consultation with, with the players over the formats when they return, whether it is going to be short format or 50 over. And as you said, there are complications with with accommodation and all that kind of thing. But you'd like to think they would they would sound out the players. I mean, would, would it be... Is anything you prefer to come back to, ideally? Um, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I think there's, there's so many factors at play. There's obviously the financial side of it for, for counties to, um, to, you know, to factor in that in different formats. Four-day cricket may prove more expensive than a 50-over game, and you've got the safety protocols as well. So I, I think we as players will obviously probably be consulted on a, on a lower level, but... It's probably down to, you know, all the all the counties, you know, voting in what they think is going to work best, um, you know, and, and overall just seeing what's going to be best for the future of the game and, and to make sure we can get a meaningful season in. But you know, you don't want it affecting clubs negatively in the long run. So I think you know we'll, we'll just get out there and play for us. It, it's just a, a great for us to get out playing cricket again after such a long time off. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey. 
the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Clips of the Week. Well, sort of. Uh, if you've been uh, listening over the last couple of weeks, you'll be aware that a dusty old box of mini discs, remember mini disc kids, uh, appeared in the TalkSport office. And um, somebody has uh, had a good uh, listen through and they found some old clips as they went out in uh, 2005. So uh, <coughs> we bring them to you uh, now and again. And we have another batch now. And so here we are, back to November 2005. A chance to hear the many of the uh, listeners you know and love in their youth, including the moose. Uh, here he was on breakfast. And not for the first time, annoying Big Alan Brazil. You don't need to have a huge amount of people uh, on a protest for something to work. There's this guy, John Caldrow, who lives in um, Main, Maining Tree near Essex. Okay? Manning Tree. <laughs> the, the worst irritation. thing he's ever said it's, it's true of all the things it's a slight overreaction for a mispronunciation yeah. of a place it's because it's, lo- it's local to him isn't it so that's yeah. why he knows how it's pronounced uh, Mike Perry now on his passion for the music of ABBA SOS because it was of my era and we used to drink pints of lager until we fell over listening to, uh, to SOS now this is um, I work all day I work all night I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay ain't it sad if I, if I was a rich man, no, if I had a... It's something to do with money. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. He's, he's also, who, who immediately hears the music of ABBA and thinks I must get falling over drunk on lager? <laughs> Not the Oh, yeah, once the ABBA goes on. It does seem very strange. Not the, the immediate music that gets you doing that, is it? Uh, this is uh, Patrick Kinghorn uh, with a quiz question for Mickey Quinn. From cruise control, you're under pressure. So I'll give you a, a gettable one now. Kevin Klein, famous Hollyfield actress. Oh, yeah. Hollyfield, what Hollyfield. a great series that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to watch Evander tonight on Channel, uh, Channel 4, half past six. Exactly. A very croaky big owl here, joining Mike Parry on the phone for some reason. And has there ever been a more perfectly named hotel for Alan to stay in? Ah, oh, tell us a bit about that. Breeders Cup. Thursday after the show, um, Belmont Park. We're staying at the Y Hotel. Why? Why? <laughs> the Y <laughs> Hotel. It's just marvellous, isn't it? Combination of jet lag and uh, extra um, alcohol. I'd say. Yeah, that's there. right. Probably somebody put a bit of ABBA on for Alan by the sound of it. Uh, time for the news with Robin Schoenhofer. And a very it's honest, five o'clock. Oh, and a very honest admission. <laughs> okay. It's five o'clock. I'm Robin Schoenhofer. Good evening. I'm guilty of making a mistake and I'm paying the price. Oh, don't be so hard on yourself, Robin. That that was always one of the perils of starting (laughs) bulletins with a quote of someone who's done something wrong, you know, because they say their name and then they follow up with that line and it's it's a tapping from our point of view, isn't it? It is. And here's a caller having his say after a big game. I'm from Stockport and I'm a Liverpool fan. I've watched the match tonight, and I think Gabby Roslin, who was uh, commentating on the match. It's not bad, eh? Gabby, what, from the big breakfast? (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember her short stint as a commentator. She was a massive football fan, probably still isn't. So there we are. Who are you referring to? Gabby Gabby Uh, Logan, and she wouldn't have been commentating anyway, would she? She Gabby Logan, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, back to Mike Parry, turning his attention to lower league football. He says, um, at the other end of the scale, fellas, Torquay gave Leroy Rosenois the week off to recharge his batteries. <laughs> hold on, mate, hold hey? on. Leroy Rosenois. 
No, Rose, Rose Newell. <laughs> Leroy Rose, you know the guy I'm talking about. <laughs> Leroy Rose and what? That's uh, they're very good. Good old Mike. Yeah. Uh, so what's what's next? It's Anna Brazil reading out a text and giving Beaky a bit of stick. Uh, Andy says, uh, Graham, your collection of records for your mobile disco must have been the smallest in the UK. You fail to recognise most of today's music. Were you hibernating? Uh, hiber uh, hibernating in the 1980s. <laughs> Were you hibernating? <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't think. Yes, yeah, it's one letter. Uh, it's a bit much. It's quite, um, cute, quite a crucial letter, though. Isn't it? Yeah, I suppose. It, yeah, were you hibernating? This is Keith Arthur on Fisherman's Blues now taking a call. Uh, did they uh, tell you what uh, kind of grouper it was? It was a, a, a yellow fin. I think he said it to me. It, it, it had yellow fins on, on on the back of it. What on the fins? <laughs> <laughs> Probably where they were, the a old, uh, the yellow on the fin, hence the name. <laughs> Beaky once again now, looking ahead to what was coming up on TalkSport that afternoon. By the way, just this week, join the mighty Mickey Quinn and Patrick King on N for H and J all this week from uh, one o'clock. Don't forget to miss that one. Good old Beaky was on our side. <laughs> Don't forget to he miss was. that one. Yeah. <laughs> the money we paid Beaky to say that. <laughs> and finally, Brilliant. it's Charlie Wolf uh, having a bit of a funny turn. Finally sort of referred this thing to Mohammed Al-Baradei, the Nobel Peace Prize winner of the IAEA. And even he's sort of saying, well, oh gosh, yeah, maybe we should take it to the Security Council. Oh, I don't want to offend you guys. Because you're Iranians, and oh gosh, no. But I mean, I'm gonna get caught, but 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 I don't want to offend anybody. No, don't worry. We could take this to the Security Council, but we won't do it right away. It's not a Peace Prize winner. Okay. You're right, Charlie. Yes, it's like a musical. I'm sure I saw that at Drury Lane, that one. It was, it was a bit Sondheim like, wasn't it? It just it did go down that route a little bit. Blimey, some of the listeners have got. Listeners have got great memories, Andy. One of the listeners, I haven't got a name on this, said, I remember these clips first time around. And I'm sure the moose annoying Alan, the intro then was, here's Alan saying good morning to a tree. It's a good point, though, isn't it? <laughs> Manning tree. Yeah. That's Very true. Good. Whoever that was, listener was, well remembered. So there we are. I'll have a few more clips from the old uh, dusty mini discs. Uh, before too long, I'm sure. But uh, should we bring you Striker now, Andy? This is oh, Steve yes, Bruce's uh, murder mystery novel. Uh, we, are, we are reaching the final stages. This is episode 66. And it's one of three books that Steve wrote when he was still a player at Manchester United. We pat him on the back for that, really. I mean, how many other footballers of that age, you know, wrote three murder mysteries, tried their hand at that? Uh, not many. It's impressive. So uh, this is Striker, and it involves Steve Barnes, the manager of Leddersford Town, uh, an upwardly mobile championship club. And uh, this is where we left off on Thursday at the Leddersford Town manager, Steve Barnes. is questioning his captain, Martin, Thorn sorry, Martin Thornton, about the murder of star striker Pat Duffy. So you didn't like Pat Duffy, I said. Would it be true to say that you hated him? His guts, Martin replied. Enough to stab him in the back, I asked. Give me a break, gaffer. Someone killed Pat, and it wasn't me, lad. Well, nobody had a good word for him, Martin added. What did he do wrong? He was a thief. This wasn't the Pat Duffy I thought I knew. Why did he always need money? Who knows, Martin replied. You should know for one, Martin, you're the skipper of the side. 
Well, that sort of thing, it's an individual's business, Martin said. Not if it affects the way he plays or his relations with other players. It isn't easy to pass a ball to a player who's having it off with your wife. Or steals your girlfriend, Martin said, staring at Michelle. Oh, you make my point, Martin. Bad feeling over Michelle affected your relationship with Pat Duffy. One final question, and then we must break, I said. Break? It's not boxing magic. Michelle. She looked up at me, her face pretty, intelligent and innocent, although I knew that of those attributes, the third didn't apply. Yes, Steve? I swear from the provocative flash of the eyes, the flickering of her eyelashes, the twist in her lips, the tone of her voice as she uttered those two words, with the stress on my name, that she was giving me the old come on. When you came here, you told Julie that the murder of Pat Duffy was the father of your child, right? What the hell? Martin Thornton blurted out. Isn't that what you said, Michelle? And if I did? It was a serious accusation, Michelle, and it wasn't true, was it? I had to gain entry somehow, Michelle said softly. I sighed deeply, out of physical and mental weariness as well as from frustration. It was Wednesday evening, and I'd still not discovered who had killed Pat Duffy. In Leddesford. I mean, surely it's their job, isn't it? I mean, Steve's <laughs> yeah. taken upon himself to find the murderer <laughs> of Pat Duffy. It's a police force out. I know they're under pressure and all that, but still, it's a murder. Know, What's the name sake. of the copper? Where is he? Inspector oh, there's two of them. They've disappeared. There was, there was the good um, cop and the bad cop. We're, we're, I, I sense we're getting a bit bogged down in plot at the moment. I think we've had all the excitement of him trying to swim from the two hitmen in the reservoir. And it was always... it was. Hard. I wonder if there's going to be another peak... We're going to have another attempt on his life or something like that. We need to, I think Steve needs to peak again, doesn't he, really? <laughs> well, look, we'll find okay. out. Everybody can be a critic, but uh, we'll find out. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Do you like this uh, text that uh, Fred in Haydock sent to the uh, star? He said this. Hmm. Genuine football fans can be bitter at times like this, but genuine football fans like myself must congratulate a great team. They've waited decades for a moment like this. So well done to Barrow for being back in the Football League after oh. almost 50 years. Beautifully oh. done. <laughs> Beautifully fooled there. And uh, this story as well. Netflix are set to make a mini-series about Rebecca Vardy's legal battle with Colleen Rooney. Wow. Seriously, they're not. It says, and this is what they base it on. After a court list showing the time and date of a preliminary hearing was posted on Twitter, the official Netflix UK account responded with a watching eyes emoji. Doesn't really mean they're going to suddenly do a whole yeah. series about the thing. <laughs> yes, well, like, of course. It depends, I suppose, what comes out, doesn't it? I mean, ultimately, well, if, it, if it's may, juicy it might enough, be very dramatic. They well, may that's do. Very it. true. It may, if it was an American story, we wouldn't be doubting it. But if it's juicy enough from their point of view, they may well yeah, do. Yeah. It. I don't know if you've seen well, the tweet. We'll see. uh, uh, Johnny Sharples on Twitter uh, tweeted uh, a little bit earlier on that um, this was the day that Alan Pardew's eight-year deal at Newcastle would have expired. So <laughs> it's, it's had a lot of traction. Nearly 27,000 people have liked it. And a lot of, a lot of, it's good. So it, whether it's true or not, it's fantastic. There's no real way of checking. So well done, him, but it's got a lot of traction. Is that Because we all yeah, kind of want it to... 
We all want yeah, it, it to sounds be true, better, right? Doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's. I'm sure it is right, but it's. Uh, it just struck me that it's. It's just one of the maddest things. Remember, we were on air. I think at the time when the news came through, and we were both going eight mm. years. Who gives a manager eight years? I mean, it was, it was just a a an incredible, and it was just a classic Mike Ashley. You could never second guess uh, that was going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, although eyebrows were raised when Brighton gave uh, Graham Potter a five-year deal on the back of about a month's good play, which yeah. may well be a good thing to do. We'll, well see. Well, if he keeps them up, the they'll argue time. money well spent. Oh, yeah, they? absolutely. Um, and this is a bit of an adjunct to the uh, Netflix uh, series on Vardy and Rooney. And this is Wayne Rooney has offered an olive branch to Jamie Vardy as their wives' feud continues by re-following him on social media. Oh, right. And I was thinking, and then it, then it says, but accounts show that Jamie is not a fan of Wayne's page. I don't know how, if there's a way of doing this, but whenever I've tried to see who anybody's following, it's a pretty difficult thing to do. You must have spent hours because both those players have got thousands of followers to go through all of them and say, well, is Wayne... You'd have to go through every single one of Jamie Vardy's followers to see whether Wayne was in there. Or is there another way of doing it that has escaped me? Don't ask me, Andy. You're asking the wrong person. You want to ask the kids. I'm sure the kids back at the office are shouting... uh, It sounds like a lot of work to me. Must be simple. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Did you know that alpacas, the animal, could be a secret? Not the plumbers, obviously. (laughs) I don't know why I said it like that, actually. It's ridiculous. And uh, Now I've lost a bit, of course. Where is it? So you've come up with alpacas, you've hit us with that, and now you can't bring us... You you said, did you know that alpacas, and then you've just left it there? I've lost, I've lost, the, I've lost the bit of the cutting. Anyway, what, apparently what does it alpacas. Yeah, it involves. <laughs> which well, I it involves alpacas. I hope it does. If it doesn't involve alpacas, what the heck are you Honestly, talking about? With so much, I'm sitting here with so many bits of paper. I can't find it. That is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> what, you know, was what was the gist of it? What was the gist of it? Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Alpacas could be the secret weapon against COVID-19. As scientists in Sweden and South Africa say, they carry a special antibody which neutralises the virus. And you just know Donald Trump will be thinking, if I wear an alpaca sweater, I'll be immune. Yeah. (laughs) So we all got to buy an alpaca now. I mean, that's a... a, I suppose. What do they eat, I suppose? Do you know? Oh, I don't. Oh, okay, fair enough. I wouldn't next... expect you to, to be honest, mate. I wouldn't. I really wouldn't no. expect you to. No. And then this bloke wrote to the star. This now we've got football back on TV. Mm. We don't need the noise from non-existent crowd. Either quieten it or turn it off. And you think, why are you writing this? You've got the option to do that, haven't you? you you've got the option to either turn the sound down or yeah. go for the one without the crowd. So why mm. write in and say, oh, why don't they get rid of it? You think, well, you can get rid of it. It's very strange. People are strange. Perhaps he hasn't realised. Do you want more alpaca news, Andy, in case you have to get one to oh, ward off the virus? I can't wait. Yeah, you yeah, get two yes, breeds. The Suri, um, you keep saying that, your mobile phone's going to go off. And uh, <laughs> the Huacaya. Um, they are oh, yeah. the two different breeds of alpaca that uh, you yes. can find. The huacaya, thankfully, are the more common. Uh, that's 90% of the population. And they originate really? in post-colonial Peru. Well, you did ask. You brought them up. Um, yeah, no, fair enough. They seem a, a fairly friendly bunch. They, they can be aggressive, though. So do bear that in mind <laughs> if you're trying to milk one. But they are generally very intelligent, gentle, and extremely observant. They won't miss much. So, you know, if you've got a parcel coming from Amazon or something, they'll be looking out the window. I mean, it's quite a small flat you've got. Um, so the idea of uh, maybe uh, you can train them. They, um, 
They I'm spit as well. They, they've got a spitting thing. Yeah. So very few of them are going to become <laughs> Premier League football players. Yes. And uh, they make a v- variety of sounds. They hum, they snort, they grumble, <laughs> they cluck, they scream and they screech. So there we are. Just talk everything you wanted to know about the alpaca. Thank you very much. And talking of all that, people who are constantly criticised by their partners as research mm. end up dying sooner. I don't think I'll see out the week on that basis. I'm surprised you're still here. Same here. Yeah. What, were you, what are any of us doing here? Should be no men left. Yeah. And uh, a lovely bit of uh, work for the, by the Guardian here, Guardian Sport. I think this has got to end up in Suits Corner in Private mm. Eye. It's an article about Kante, and uh, it says the two or three seconds when Kante spots a ball he can win, chases it down, and then simply prizes it away like the skin from a roasted garlic clove are some of the most thrilling seconds on offer in the sport. What a tackle. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> so no, you can't admire a wonderful shot in the postage stamp or a f- pass by Edison that's 60 yards. Oh, no, it's that. That's what, one of the great moments of football. I mean, I admit he's a very good player, but you know, it's not really what you go and pay your money for, is it, to go and see Kante nicking the ball off somebody saying, oh, <laughs> yes, that's it, that's made my whole worth, evening. Worth the entrance fee alone. It's like that It's that thing where, you know, you, the person writing can... Oh, more than you can. I can see mm. everything, and so I see it in this way. And you do yeah. get a lot of that in the broadsheets. I'm not. A, I'm not a fan of it myself. Did you see Andy? By the way, go. today the other story was the. Uh, we've seen the knuckleball. The way that players like uh, Gareth Bale and Cristiano Ronaldo can uh, hit those free kicks. David Luiz is very good at it as well. Harry Kane tries his hand now and again. That's sort mm. of knuckleball where the the flight of the ball is disturbed by the the point at which they uh, strike. David Luiz does it. Uh, yeah, that's one right. One every yeah, right. 150, mm. I think, about yeah. roughly goes in. Well, they all try it but apparently the new ball from nike um will will stop that happening they've been uh, well, killjoys although you're all for it aren't you you think it's quite good that there's a there's goalkeepers a chance it's not just that it, it i've been watching a lot of during lockdown i've watched a lot of those old world cups where the ball was just a ball you know the player hit it and it just did and if they like brazil if you could put action on the ball that was different that was your yeah. skill Whereas I was watching a game last week, and I wish I could remember which game it was. I was telling you about it on the phone, and it was a shot. I think it was Matt Ryan of Brighton, maybe. Hmm. And the shot, the ball went straight at him, and he basically had to sort of... He should have been able to catch it, really. If there had yeah. been a straight flight, if it had been a proper straight ball, he'd have just caught it. But, of course, the ball swerved in the air, and he had to stick out a hand and make a save. And you think, if that had gone in, that's not down to the skill of the, foot, the player. That's down to the ball. You know, so I am a fan of getting a ball, that, a true ball. I mean, do you remember the Jabalani in... That was ridiculous, that one, yeah. in 2010. As soon as you hit it, it just went over the bar. It was a disaster, that I one. mean, players will but always find ball... ways to manipulate a ball. They will, you know, the good players will always find a way. They'll work on it and they'll find a way to strike it yeah. that gives them... Even like That's going right. back, as you said, a ball was a ball back in 1970-odd, but Rivellino still found a way, the banana shot, didn't he, the, the, on the, the sure. inside of his foot, to get to get curl on the ball so players will always do that but I suppose really the, the science of the balls now means it is a real advantage for those guys that have mastered that and uh, unfair on the keepers so uh, yeah. Yeah, not with no this more, new one it is no more wobbly balls apparently that's it they're more consistent <laughs> flight for me in this section I, do, I love it when people uh, get somebody's name wrong they, you know on Twitter and they go and abuse the wrong 
person. So, oh, yeah. you know, so for in this particular case, Professor Brian Cox claims people confuse him with the Scots actor Brian Cox mm. from the Succession and Bourne films. Astrophysicist said, Brian said something about Scottish independence and I started getting an angry mob on Twitter going, stick to science, keep your nose out of it. You think, oh, for goodness sake, just look which Brian Cox it is. Don't yeah. just abuse Professor Brian Cox. They don't, don't, they don't abuse look, any Brian Cox, no, to be they, honest, but don't yeah. abuse the wrong one. That's more the point. They don't look particularly alike either, do they, really? I mean, they, I imagine the little like profile picture will give you a clue. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. We've sp- spoken to a lot of comedians uh, over the last couple of months, of course, who don't have the opportunity to go and do stand-up live. Some of them have done uh, gigs uh, online and uh, others have even uh, brought out sort of videos of, of old gigs, pieced them together and just put uh, content up there just to have a bit of presence. It's a, it's a tough time to be a stand-up, of course. But uh, this is a fairly ingenious way of, of dealing with it. This is um, drive-in comedy. It's going to be amongst a number of things that are going to become drive-in, such as uh, cinema and uh, even live music, uh, drive-in DJs. Uh, among the drive-in comedians uh, is Marcus Brigstock, who joins us now. Good afternoon, Marcus. Hello, how are you? Good, thank you. Yes, Good. I, th- I suppose everybody's got to be fairly ingenious at the moment just, to, just yeah. to get out there and do what you do. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think I think everybody from all the kind of comedians and actors and stuff, I know everybody's looking for a way to make stuff that people will enjoy but the same you know i'm i'm a consumer as much as anything else you know and i i really miss seeing stuff live and that you know talk sport listeners will will know better than anybody you know like the thrill of seeing a live event be it a you know a sports fixture or whatever mm. or a gig or something you know that's the thing you can't quite replicate it in lockdown even with a great internet connection and, and Zoom and all of that. So, yeah, this drive-in thing's very cool, very, very cool, and they've really gone to town with, like, how well set up it is. So people will be able to, like, order food from their car, and it gets delivered to your car. You can set up next to your car. You don't have to stay in it. So if it's a nice evening, you can sit next to the car in camping chairs or whatever. And then, yeah, you know, it'll, it'll be like a festival. That's that's the idea. I mean, you know, from my point of view, playing to the bonnets of uh, for four hundred <laughs> motors, it's, it's amongst the weirder gigs I've done. But you know, you, you've got to do what you've got to do at this time, haven't you? It sounds good, but uh, good for the people in the cars, but hard for the comedians because I mean, will you hear laughter? I suppose if the windows are down, you will. If it's a bit of a cold <laughs> so, night, man. could be a bit of a problem. As you so. said, just be four hundred cars. Yeah, I mean, comics are for the first time, well, not the first time, I was going to say for the first time we're getting used to like doing a gig where you imagine where the laughter would be, but we, we've all done shows like that, um, <laughs> you know, early on in my career going to the Edinburgh Festival where you're like, yes, this is it, my breakthrough, this is going to be incredible and you have to go ahead with the show and there's only like five people in, in, in the venue you've booked and that, you know, so... It's kind of a reminder of that, but I think the way the driving, um, the driving thing is set up, we will be able to hear laughter. And crucially, actually, it's just as important for the people watching to be able to hear other people laughing as well. Because I think it's hmm. again, you know, it's like going to a football match, isn't it? You know, everyone cheers along hmm. at, at home, right? And it's great, and you leap out of your seat and you punch the air. But that's not quite the same as hearing 
that sound all around you and you do want to be able to hear other people and and the the driving club will facilitate that if it's bucketing down with rain that will be more difficult but i mean that's what this is all about isn't it people just working with what there is and you know and it's cool the the it's out in um brent cross where they've set it up and it's right. really like when they first asked me i was like yeah 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 sure drive some cars in and we'll make do and then i've seen all the pictures on the driving club uh website and i'm like oh this is really really impressive so yeah it's exciting very good exciting. stuff yeah and yes, there's got to be out great... the house man <laughs> there's got to be horn etiquette though marcus hasn't it because you don't want somebody crashing your punchline with you know this you know, people are... <laughs> they can appreciate well, was... it yeah I was waiting for one of you to raise that. I mean, yeah, hmm. look, every comic, your first thought is, is this doable? And your second thought is, they're going to heckle with their car horns, aren't they? <laughs> so I think the answer will be to embrace that early on and try and get some sort of symphony of car horns going and then say, right, <laughs> anyone else doing that? It's very hard for me to work out which car it is, so I'll just key you all on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> the the, pr- the we'll pricing see. is interesting, Marcus. The pricing is interesting, isn't it? The it's it's per vehicle, which means if there's four of you, obviously, it's a lot cheaper than yeah. if you're in a two seater and driving on your own. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess the way they've had to work that out is, you know, the amount of space they need uh, is is per car, so they may as well charge per car, and then that means. You know, if yeah, if you can if you can squeeze four or five of you into, I mean, there'll probably be people bringing many buses with ten of them in or something. But oh, yes, as far as we're concerned, you know, it, a playable gig with real life people in front of us is something that I've missed hugely since February. Both my wife and I, Rachel Paris, my wife, and like we both got COVID early on, and. Um, in back in March and obviously so w- we went into full quarantine very early hmm. and it took ages before we could even leave the house or anything so we've been kind of making do we're doing shows together we've got a regular um zoom show with uh, always be comedy that we do every Tuesday night online and that's cool like you can see the audience with that so we can talk to effectively the the front row and we can hear laughter and stuff so the timing of it all all works but you know yeah doing a big one outside will be um it'll be a thrill man i can't wait it i think it's 35 pounds a car as you said third of july at brent cross there's uh, also a gig at dagenham on the 9th of july but apart from yourself and and your wife uh, jason manford bill bailey dom jolly your old mate omid jalili Daniel Sloss. Yeah, loads. Yeah, lots and lots of stuff for for kids as well. There's really cool, like uh, Dick and Dom are doing it. There's a big Rasta Mouse thing. And there's, as you mentioned before, there's DJ sets as well, I think. Excellent. Craig Charles' Funk and Soul show. And yeah, it's a real, it's it's really, really impressive. And I hope, you know, I mean, the the guys who've set it up, I think, are awesome. But, you know, like from their point of view, I really hope this works out. It deserves to, because I think these weird times are about, they're about the people who are willing to go out there and take a risk, and they've really gone for it with this. So sure. please show up and support it if you can. It'd be hard for a comic like Ross Noble, though, wouldn't it, who likes to deal with the audience <laughs> yes. base often. That's yeah. half the show. No, that's how <laughs> yeah, really yeah, you yeah. do that, will you, yeah. really? <laughs> that would be Yeah, difficult. no, I'm looking at, you know, like, so Rachel, for example, uh, amongst other things, plays 
plays music uh, and, you know, sings and all of that. And Bill Bailey as well. And I, I'm thinking, oh, why didn't I? Why didn't I learn an instrument? Because, you know, that's great for a big outdoor event like that. But we've all done festivals, you know, like the footage from Glastonbury over this weekend. You know, I've done God knows how many Glastonbury's and latitudes and stuff. And those aren't a million miles away because they're huge open spaces that people just sprawled out in front of you in various states of, um, uh, shall we say, wellness. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> as so we're on it, talk, won't, it won't be so different. Yeah, as we're on Talksport, we should just walk. Sporting prowess, and people probably remember you on the jump. But that was that was a you got you picked up a very yeah, nasty man. injury on that. You did your cruciate. Didn't I you? did. Yeah, it took wow. me it took me years to uh, to fully recover from that. I mean, anyone will know who's, who's ripped a, a, a cruciate ligament. It's, mm. it's a bad business. Um, but yeah, you know, I was, I was back on the, back on the mountains a year later. Um, so in terms of like downward flex, it's all good. It's just anything otherwise on, on the knee, but you know what the jump for all that it was basically just smashing people that no one had really heard of into each other on live TV. <laughs> I do it again. I loved it. I wow, absolutely really? love it. Yeah, yeah. It was incredible. You know, I was doing Olympic sports that I've watched since I was a kid, trained by Olympians. You know, we had Amy Williams teaching us how to do skeleton bob. You know, she's won a gold medal. I mean, that's really something. So from my point of view, it was the opportunity of a lifetime. And actually, um, as a, an improviser, some, some of your listeners will know, a guy called Andy Smart, who's one of the comedy store yes, players. Yes, he's, he's a good mate of ours. I was about to bring him up. Of yes, course and he is. I yeah, yeah. Andy sent us all the pictures of... Because uh, I was going to say, you, you know, you got your... The crest. You got your, your, your feels on the crest of run, the pair of you did together. Yeah, man. Oh, yes. Just, just before the pandemic really struck. Andy and mm. I have been talking about this for years. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we uh, we whipped out there and arrived and at whatever it was, six o'clock the next morning, reported for duty on the crest to run where they give you, like, pads and stuff that have been knocking around for 50, 60 years that, you know, the buckles are all broken <laughs> and stuff. And you sign a waiver and they show you the, um, the full human skeleton made of x-rays of broken bones. And uh, lie on your front, and away you go. We both did the Cresta run. It was incredible, wow, incredible. Yeah, I remember. I've seen the video. Yeah, yeah. We've paid for um, we've paid for more runs than we were able to do. So uh, pandemic allowing, we'll be back out and uh, improving our times next year. Because you and Andrew Maxwell put on a comedy uh, festival. Um, yeah, in the, yeah. Up in the Alps, don't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we set up the Altitude Festival in France, got about 10 or 11 years ago. And it's, you know, despite that being a very difficult thing to organise, it's gone on and on from strength to strength. In fact, one of the saddest things about lockdown for all of us was having to cancel Altitude, which is now in uh, Meyerhofen in Austria. It happens mm. the week before snow bombing happens. And yeah, it's like... I mean, it's in, it's insane. You know, Al Murray, Sean Locke, um, I'm, ev everybody, everybody, you, you mm. name them, they go out and, and do it. And um, it's incredible. Just loads of comedians up in the mountains and all of the people who go hang out with the comics during the day. We all go uh, skiing and snowboarding together and uh, then into the naked spa together. And then 20 minutes later, you're up on stage. Uh, it's Good quite scene. something being heckled by someone who's, literally just been sitting in a jacuzzi with you with no clothes on. So. <laughs> but yeah, that'll be, that'll be back with a vengeance next year for sure. 
Excellent. Sure. All right. Even if uh, even if we have to wear biohazard suits, we'll make it happen. <laughs> well, good to talk to you, Marcus. Thanks very much for joining Bless us. Bless you. Thanks for having me on, guys. All the best to you both. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We return tomorrow from one on Talk Sport. Thanks uh, for listening. Hopefully, we'll catch up with you then. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.